0: All flesh is grass, and all its beauty is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades when the breath of the Lord blows on it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Go on up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good news. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good news. Lift it up, fear not. Say to the cities of Judah, Behold your God. talking over and over about the comfort that we receive from our God. A comfort that we sure don't deserve. When you think of when you think of Israel and, and all that they had done and, and they, were in, they were exiles at the time and, and yet God's news to them was incredibly positive. God loved his people and he wanted them to know his comfort. You know, God wants to draw us close to himself. And I hope you saw that as we looked at Isaiah chapter 40. Because it's so clear over and over, all that he goes through, all that he does in order to draw us to himself. And yet we looked at we also need to do some preparation as well. We have work to do. Um, it, it's like the work of sanctification by the Holy Spirit. God does this work in us, but then we join in with that work by walking in obedience, by living our lives according to uh, His will. You know, the comfort though, that um, our, our Lord offers, it, it's completely different than what comfort the world around us offers. The comfort our world offers us is a very temporary thing. Um, it's here and then it's gone and you're searching around for it um, in the things of this world, but that's not true for, um, for our God. The comfort he offers us is something that lasts, that no one can take away from us. This comfort brings us peace and joy and, and love. It fills us with hope. Thankfully, God keeps his promise to us. This evening, I want to look briefly at at the last two verses, and in those verses, and even the ones after it, um, as I mentioned this morning, Isaiah is trying to help us see what a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve, and and, and really, that's what you find in the remainder of that chapter. Um, Our God loves us, and He'll do anything to bring us to Himself, and. uh, When you realize that how mighty God is, um, he can do it. He'll carry out his promise to us. We don't have to ever wonder or doubt it. God wanted to keep his people safe. You know, as Israel was in in Babylon at the time, you know, getting ready to to go home, um, I'm sure they wondered, does God love us? Will God care for us? Will God provide for all our needs like he did before? And clearly in this chapter, God says yes. Comfort, comfort my people, says our God. I'm sure they wondered too. You know, they had enemies back home. Enemies who really didn't want them to come back. They wanted them to stay in exile. And yet, they didn't have to be afraid of their enemies either because God would watch over them and care for his people. ever gone outside on a cloudless night, whether in the winter or summertime, and and you look up, and you've gotten away from any lights, so your eyes finally get to get used to uh, the darkness. And as you look up, you see the stars, you see the planets, you see the galaxies. I mean, it's amazing, the longer you stay out there and the longer you stare up without any light pollution, all that you can see. It's like... After 5 minutes, after 10 minutes, after 15 minutes, it's like you can see even more. And then you see satellites going by and some shooting stars and, and then after a while you can actually see the Milky Way and sometimes even farther galaxies and, or even planets and it's just amazing. Our God is amazing. He spoke all that into being. He just had to speak the words and it was there. And this is the God who makes His promise to us. And so we can be assured that Again, he'll keep his promise. Notice Isaiah is not asking a question in this verse, but it's a proclamation of how wonderful our God is. He's not questioning it, but he's proclaiming it. Our God is great. Our God is wonderful. His might and power, we see it all around us, and we can so easily take it for granted, and yet we mustn't. I think everything that he does, we, we need to marvel at and be reminded of just how much, how much he loves us. You know, as I said already, Isaiah spends pretty much the rest of the chapter trying to describe the, the greatness of our God, but in verse 10, he simply sums it up by saying, Behold your God, or behold your King. We looked at that this morning. And while this good news would find fulfillment as God returned to his people, as God took care of them again, yet this prophecy was also a foreshadowing, a foreshadowing reminding us that one day the Messiah would come, just like God had promised. And at Christmas time, it's so easy to focus on on Jesus as being that helpless baby in the manger, And, and for sure he was. But we have to keep in mind that he was also the king. The king of kings, the Lord of lords, had finally come. And as we see him grow up and we see his ministry and we see his love and how he cared for the people, and he didn't just talk about that love, but he demonstrated it to us by eventually dying on the cross for our sins. You know, I'm sure Mary saw, and Mary and Joseph, they both saw Jesus as that helpless baby. But King Herod didn't. King Herod felt threatened by Jesus. And so he did everything in his power to try to destroy Jesus and all the baby boys in Bethlehem. And we know that horrible story. And Jesus' kingship is mentioned by the Apostle Paul. He, he picks it up in Ephesians 1, 21. Here he declares King Jesus is far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in this present age, but also in the age to come. God placed all things under Jesus' feet and appointed him as the head over everything, even the church. We have all seen kings and leaders of other countries We see them in the news, and and often they're there not to serve their country, but they're there to have the people serve them and provide for them. And oftentimes, it's getting rich. Excuse me. It's getting rich on the backs of of their subjects. But that's not our God. Instead, it's just the opposite. Jesus is our suffering servant. We're not treated as our our sins deserve, but he shows us love and grace and mercy. What a God we serve, a God who cares so much about us. But Isaiah says even more than this. Verse 11, Isaiah says Jesus isn't just our king, but he's also our shepherd, just as God is the shepherd of his people. And as our shepherd verse 11 says he watches over the flock, gathers the lambs into his arms, carrying them close to his heart while also gently leading those that have young. As our shepherd, you can be assured that he's going to keep us safe. And that image of him holding us close to his heart, what what a beautiful picture. Again, of just how much He loves us. And when we're close to His heart, can anything touch us? Can anything harm us in this world? Nothing. We have nothing to fear because our God is watching over us. You know, God demonstrates such incredible power, but always that power, that might, is saturated with His love. And everything He does... It's saturated with his love for you and me and how he cares for us, gathering us to himself, protecting us, making sure we have enough. The salvation Jesus brought, it wasn't simply for those in in Jerusalem and Zion. It wasn't just for them to say, wow, what an incredible gift we've been given, but the gift was given to them so that they would in turn be willing to give that gift away. They were blessed in order to be a blessing. And that's what God calls us to as well. We're blessed to be a blessing. We've been told and given the good news about Jesus, not just so we can say, wow, isn't that great? Isn't that wonderful news? And we should do that. But if it really is so wonderful to us, we've got to share it. We've got to tell others, just like we looked at this morning go tell it on the mountain is Jesus Christ was born. I heard a story about a, a painting in the Berlin Art Gallery by a famous artist, Mengel. Apparently he painted a, a painting of King Frederick of Germany talking to his generals. And his plan was to first paint all the generals, and he did that in the painting, but they're all kind of in the background and like a semicircle, And at the very end, he was going to paint King Frederick right smack dab, right in the very middle. The only problem is he died. He passed away. And so if you go and see that painting in that art gallery that I just mentioned to you, you'll see all the generals sitting there, but there's no King Frederick. It's just an empty white space. What about you? What does the painting of your life look like? Have you been focusing too much of your your time and energy on the generals of insignificance, like personal desires and, and wishes and plans? And you focus so much on that that you forgot what's really important, and that's King Jesus, who needs it to be right in the very center of our lives. It's so easy to be focused on so many things, but are we focused on the most important thing, That's what we need to ask ourselves. Because for those who invite King Jesus into their lives, into their hearts, Isaiah says, Behold, his reward is with him. The best reward, though, of anything that he could give us is to be with Jesus forever. To feel his arms of love wrapped around you. What a day that will be. And so I ask you, this evening, what's filling your heart? If you haven't yet asked King Jesus into your life, I encourage you to do that. Don't let another day go by where you have that emptiness inside you. Don't be like that painting where there's that empty spot and it'll be that way forever because we've been too focused on, on things that weren't so important. As a good shepherd gathers you into his arms and he holds you close to his heart, You'll find only then will the longings of your heart be satisfied. The love, the joy, the peace that we so desire. The Bible says our hope is in the Lord, in him alone. What a reason to celebrate, not only today, but throughout the year. The message of Christmas, it's not just something that's we're supposed to remember at Christmas time, but always. Each day of the year, every Sunday, every morning when you wake up, you gotta remind yourself of who's watching over you King Jesus and the Good Shepherd. And the Good Shepherd wants you to lie in green pastures beside still waters. Why? So you can find rest for your soul. But notice, if we're gonna experience that rest, it's gotta be with the, the Good Shepherd. Just like Psalm 91. We've got to rest in the shadow of the Almighty. How do you rest in somebody's shadow? It's by sitting right next to him. It's not doing anything, but it's making God your, your entire focus. We need to do that as well as we live our lives. And so as you enjoy the activities of this week, the gatherings with your family, let's keep Christ at the center of our lives. Our God, our God is great, and he loves you so much. What a reason to celebrate. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for this day, for this service, that we might refocus our eyes on you. Father, we just pray that we might hear the message of Isaiah and apply it to our hearts. May we be comforted in knowing just how much you love us And we just pray that we might, in turn, go out into the world and share that love with others. Father, fill us with excitement and enthusiasm and zeal for this gift that we've been given. And may we love others enough to offer them the gift of Christ Jesus. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen.